Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, uh, welcome to Tennis and Bagels. This is Andre speaking, and uh, as per a request of a friend, I should talk a little bit more about bagels. And in this particular episode, I'm just going to talk about it for, for now. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep doing this, but um, since we are it, um, if you're in Montreal, uh, Hanoi Bros Bagel and Cafe is a pretty good place to eat bagels at, and they have tons of varieties of sandwiches with bagels, and they also offer a nice from uh, they also have a nice offer which i really like um which is a uh, just bagel with cream cheese and a coffee of any size for 3.99 not a sponsor so i don't think i would have any sponsors at any time unless i was really already famous for something which i'm not so that's so that's it that's it for the bagel part of this podcast and let's move on to the tennis part of this podcast and i'm going to start with uh my boys from Canada, Paul Spasil and Elgia Liasim. And I'm really excited for Bianca to come back and play some matches, but she hasn't done that yet. So uh, we'll talk about Paul Spasil and Elgia Liasim for now because they, that's the guys that actually made some impact last few weeks on tour. Uh, I guess it talked about how Paul Spasil made it the finals and lost to Monfils, um, pretty worthy opponent. And Elgia Liasim this time made the finals in Rotterdam at 500 um, level um, tournament in the ATP tour which is kind of like second tier. So we have like 250, 500, and 1,000. And it's kind of like the most... 1,000 being the most prestigious tournaments before the Grand Slam, 500 following, and then 250 after you get the idea. Um, so yeah, was, Aliasim made the finals, which is pretty big. I can't recall actually who he beat on route to that. Let me just check that again. I was just at it, but I kind of forgot because I was checking someone else. So yeah, Ojalia Sim had to defeat uh, Dimitrov, Jan Lennard, Struff, um, and Carino Busta, and a guy called, I think it's Alias Bedene, Bedene, something like that. So the the thing is, like, he didn't have to beat a single seated player, but it wasn't that terrible. Like, the players that he beat were actually pretty good. He had had some impact on tour before so nothing to take away from him and he lost straight sets to Gael Monfils who was running on a lot of momentum right now more of him later and uh so yeah I hope hopefully LSM can make um more impact in the next few tournaments I can't rec- I don't know where he's playing next we'll see this week and um I don't think he also has won a single to- uh, tournament yet uh, at the tour level so He's made like three or four finals, I think four four finals, including this one, and we'll see what he gets to in the future. Hopefully, he hopefully he can 
get a win this year, maybe two. Who knows? And um, now about Pospisil, just a little fun fact. It's been all over in the news, even outside of like the tennis uh, outlet news, like just like the websites for the WTA and the ATP, how Pospisil has been drinking maple syrup straight from a bottle from uh, in his changeovers, which is funny. It's just kind of like you couldn't get more cliche Canadian, more um stereotypical canadian that's the, and i don't even know why would he do would, would he do that i think it's probably because of the sugar rush or whatever he gets from it or maybe he just likes it or maybe he just actually wanted to be like hey i'm canadian who knows that was funny <laughs> um yeah and sadly for ship of olive it hasn't really been making much of an impact since the atp cup um so yeah Best of luck for him. Hopefully you can find his form before Indian Wells in Miami, which are happening, I think, in three to four weeks, maybe two. I think three to four weeks from now, I guess. Um, that's when the first Masters 1000s of the season are happening. And they're pretty, pretty big tournaments. So hopefully you can find some form before them. And speaking of form, Gal Monfils is riding on a lot of momentum right now. He just won... Um, he just won his second tournament in just as many weeks as we write it on the news. I don't know. I keep saying like as as if I'm writing an article. But yeah, he he won his second tournament uh, in two consecutive weeks. So that's um, nice for him. A uh, 250 tournament and a 500. Um, yeah, it's uh, hopefully he can carry that out into. Uh, next few tournaments of the season and not just kind of like Mafis it out and just kind of have a couple months in which he's just kind of like losing the first round and not doing anything significant like hopefully he can do something because he's he's an expect he's a spectacle he's a spectacle <laughs> and um, he's really fun to watch very entertaining makes some crazy shots oftentimes and uh, um, kind of like well behaved Nick Kyrgios in a way so that's, uh, th- that'll be fun to see if they can actually do well. Um, and uh, another guy that has been doing well in the past few weeks is uh, Yannick Sinner, uh, the Italian kid, 19 years old, just won the, uh, last year's um, ATP Next Gen Finals, which is a tournament for um, the best eight players under 20, 20, 20, 21? I think it's 21 or 23. I think it's 21, but anyways. So yeah, he won that, and um, people have been putting lots of uh, faith in him, and I think it's, I think it's, I think it's good. I think he's, he's got the game. I haven't really watched him play much, but uh, he seems to always be a challenge to players he he faces, and uh, he seems to also like he shows maturity and improvement. So. Um, I think we're gonna see more of him this year. We'll we'll see what happens in the Indian Wells in Miami, which is kind of like the next big thing. So that's kind of like where everything leads to at this point. So we'll see what happens. And um, another guy who who did well, who hasn't been doing well, and I listened to the guys on at um, the tennis podcast, kind of like destroyed his game in a sense, like. Kyle Edmund, the Brit, the British number one, I think. Um, he's either I think he is the British number one currently um, in the men's tour, obviously, and um, 
Um, they were just saying that Kyle Edmund is the type of player that if you figure him out, he has no plan B. He will just kind of lose every time because he has no idea what to do if he's got if he's gotten figured out. And I'm not. He's definitely not like a top ten player. Like I don't see him making huge improvements in his game to actually, you know, be a big challenge for the guys up there at that level. But you gotta give him a break, I guess. Like he, the guy just tries his hardest. Like he won his first title um, since 2018, and this is only his second career title. So that kind of really goes to show. He is a player that deserves him to be in the top 30, but not really in the top 10. Maybe he can break into the top 20 and stay there for a bit, but I don't think much is going to happen beyond that. He wasn't even a seeded player, I think. Actually, never mind. I think he was um, number six seed. This is not... I'm just looking at my phone right now. Seeing um, if... Uh, he was he was eighth seed. He was number sixty four. Yeah, so he's not even in the top fifty currently, which makes me doubt that he's in British number one. But I'm not gonna. I don't feel like checking that right now. So, yeah, I'll probably do it over the weekend or maybe tweet that. And yeah, that kind of leads to the fact that where is Andy Murray? I miss him. Like I really liked, I really liked him seeing him play and. Uh, he he did so well uh, coming back last year from uh, hip surgery, hip replacement surgery, which is pretty big. So just miss Andy Murray being the British number one and being the guy who brings hope to the nation that I'm not even a part of. But we have the same queen, so I guess that works. Um. So yeah, Andy Murray, please come back. <laughs> this is my heartfelt cry to the Scott and yeah the other thing that was up in in this past week and past few weeks I guess uh, was that there is a new WTA rule that players get to get an excused withdrawal I think it's a top 10 um, change because there's different changes in uh, how you commit to tournaments based on your ranking and obviously the top 10 top 10 players have the biggest commitments I believe they have to kind of like go to essentially well to a majority of like the biggest tournaments if and um, obviously there the age also affects that but most of the top tens are not going to be at um, 38 years old like Roger Federer and Serena Williams so yeah so the new rule kind of like I guess apparently I haven't really researched much into that because I didn't really feel like it but I uh, I will as a part of me getting more into the women's tour, I should get to know that part as well. Um, which is, there's a bunch of like tiny details here and there that exist in the um, in the double T that, that do not exist in the ATP. Some of them are great, some of them are not as um, not as awesome. Like for example, I believe I talked about how the naming and the naming scheme of uh, the structure. Like the structure of tournaments is not as nice in the WTA as I find it is in the, the in the ATP. I find it's more organized in the ATP tour. Like we kind of like know exactly what you're watching. Uh, whereas for the WTA, I don't. It's not like an instant 
oh, this is what it is. Or this is more important than that. Or I should see this player playing here and not that player type of thing. Um, so yeah, but this, they have a tons of tons of rules that like make it better for the, the players. And I think that's the part where they excel and not necessarily the ATP. And that was one of those because apparently as it says, like players get to have um, more flexibility into the tournaments that they commit to, the tournaments that they play. Um, and for various reasons, not necessarily for injury or for um, t uh, being tired or something like that, or fatigue. I think fatigue is a thing that you can put up on your, that players can um, claim for withdrawing from a tournament. So yeah, they will be able to, I don't know, I guess like take a break from the tour in a way it's kind of like oh we'll skip that tournament or that tournament like put it in the schedule in that sense so that they can have more time for themselves in that regard because like honestly tennis is a very very tough um sport which it's it's one that requires you to travel not only across like a country not only across a continent but across the whole world the entire year so that's a lot of sacrifices that players have to make um, to be able to keep growing in their careers and uh, just essentially become be or just be a professional player in that sense, like you have to um, let go of a lot of things or just kind of like put on hold a lot of uh, things in your life. Even even a family is something that lots of them have to put hold hold on. Um, so yeah, we'll see where that goes, and I think I hope that just gives more. Um, this helps the players themselves, but I also hope that none of uh, that those rules are also like taking into consideration the part of the entertainment of the sport, which is something that I myself would like to keep, um, you know, just talking about because like that's kind of as an as a, as a spectator, not even journalist, not even anything. It's kind of it's kind of what matters to me is that matches are good and that players are. In, you know, playing well and that game is being played at, in a in a fair fashion. So stuff like that. So hopefully that rules like this won't like be misused or something like that so that we can actually still keep getting great matches between great players and at their best form, by the way. Let, us, let it be said because if players are just too tired or like too injured like constantly, it's also you also don't get those matches because players are not going to be able to go out there. Or if they're able to go out there, they don't play as well or they retire. So that's also boring. Um, and yeah. And speaking of family, it's uh, Kim Clagister's return again to the WTA. And when I first saw that, I was like, like, what the heck? This seems like... I'm not saying unnecessary, but it just kind of feels like confusing in the sense like, um, why is this happening again? Like the first time I got it, cause she, she went out like fairly young. And I think she was maybe 29 when she came back to the tour. Now she's a little bit older. I don't know how old is she? Maybe like 30, 30 something, maybe 34, I want to guess. Um, so I just, and I don't know, like, we'll see what happens to her. Hopefully it's not like those this one, those uh, decisions that go like she plays like a two to three tournaments this year. And then next year she announces her retirement again, because that's kind of why even bother? Like, are you sh that, I just hope, hope this doesn't 
pump people up for nothing, that type of thing. But I did see the highlights of her match in Dubai, which happened in their Monday, which is probably like 12 hours ago or something. Um, as, in, as a matter of fact, I'm recording this on Monday afternoon at like 3 p.m. Um, Eastern time. I think it's Eastern Standard Time, whatever, like New York time. Um, so yeah, she I watched that match, not the match, but the highlights, and she seemed to play well. She had, she was playing hard. Uh, she was not playing. She was hitting the ball hard and deep. Um, she moved fairly well, considering the fact that she just came back from retirement, really. Um, so I feel like. It seems to me that she only needs match match practice, match fitness, match experience to get back to a point in which she is more competitive. Um, she lost in straight sets, by the way, to Gerbini Mugurusa, the finalist of the Australian Open this year. So it was a, it was a six two seven six defeat uh, to the Spaniard, and I think that's pretty good. It's a pretty good result for coming back from retirement. Um, hopefully. Hopefully she get that match match fitness that she needs and play well again. I don't know if she's going to be able to get to number one again as she did last time. Maybe she has a Grand Slam in her. Maybe not. Maybe she. I think she can win maybe a couple more titles before she retires again for uh, what like third time. And um, but I don't think she will be number one. I think it takes uh, takes way too much. I guess like from her from her body to 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 get there and like she's been she retired twice maybe that's an advantage maybe that it isn't that isn't so we'll have to see um younger players now are very strong and very fast and very powerful so they will definitely play against her in that quest if she has that in mind she has that as a goal of hers to be number one again but i think she can still win islam i think it's a possibility that she can stay fit enough like for two weeks and play her matches in a way that doesn't destroy her body before the finals. Um, so I think that's a possibility that she can she can win another slam, I think. Maybe even uh, back again in the US Open and the Australian Open. We'll, we'll see. And speaking of highlights, which is how I watch a whole lot of uh, tennis content since, as I said multiple times, they happen all over the world and different time uh, zones do not help me uh, get in touch with what's happening. So, why did they not publish those highlights in 4K? Like, I mean, at least like in 1080, in a good bit rate, like in a good quality of content. Like, hi, I am also a video maker, or at least like I have the ability to be a video maker. I just don't produce that many videos because it's not really my my thing. Um, I like it for a hobby, but I understand, and I wish that in the age of 4K, where every camera must have a 4K feature, like it's not, it's not new anymore like 4k is is the thing everybody can make 4k content everybody can produce and upload to youtube 4k content from their homes i can do this from my, my computer but the wta and the atp and the grand slam seem to not be able to it it's just doesn't make much sense like who why is it that that they have to lower the quality of the highlights I'm, it's not even the the full match like a four minute highlight should be in a good good enough quality like the one that we see on TV, like it, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like they, they should, they must be able to do better. They have to do better. It's kind of, so it's pointless. It's pointless to me. Like they have YouTube channels. They're 
not necessarily very organized. The WT does a little bit better job than the ATP, but it's kind of, I, I think that's unacceptable as a primarily visual content um, company, really, it's like whatever organization. And even though it's kind of mostly live, they do offer like, maybe, I don't know if they have the tennis TV type of thing with the highlights that you can watch like in a higher quality. I think it's lame. I think it's lame that they can't publish like the highlights of the day for an, at least a good 1080p. I don't care. Like make, make, maybe just make the, um, well. anyway, sorry. I had to stop abruptly. It's because the cat started meowing really loudly. So I had to cut for a little while, but anyway, videos in 4k, at least in 1080p, good bit, bit good bit rate, good quality, something that must be done in all of the platforms of um, all of the companies, all the organizations, ATP, WTA, you name it, you have to put up good quality video. You have to put up good quality content, good quality video on your platforms. I can, it just doesn't make sense that I'm watching a video that has the same quality as it had 10 years ago. It's, it's, it's stupid. It's, it's just plain stupid. I don't, I don't like it. And that is a rant that is going for a little bit too long. So I will leave it at that. ATP, WTA, Grand Slams, ITF, make good quality videos right now and post them up in 1080p, good quality bitrate, high bitrate. That's what I meant. That's it for this rant for this episode. There's not much happening right now because there's not necessarily bigger tournaments or big events happening. So this is just kind of it, like a bit of a summary of what happened and players that I follow. Um, Thanks for listening, and I will see you um, next Monday. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.